This episode of the Outback Quarterback Podcast is brought to you by the Stubby Club. Father's Day is coming up, Dos. I'm excited, uh, Curtis. Could be some special Packers gifts coming my way. Yeah, you are. I like to hope so. You will be very disappointed if you don't get anything from the Stubby Club now, won't you? I will be. What do you want in particular? What's on there? Well, well that um, the growler that you mentioned the other week. Yeah, so he's going to drink beer now. He has to. He's getting a growler. You know, with Doss back in the day, he'd drink all the beer until about there was a centimetre of beer left, left and then his mum would have to finish it off for him. <laughs> is it, is that, that's true, isn't it, Doss? <laughs> Why? Would, I don't even know where to go with that. I'm not sure that joke even makes sense, but it sounds funny. No. That's not, that's not a joke. That's a true story. I clearly remember Doss putting the beer down and Ronnie grabbing it, finishing it off. And Doss said, I don't like the end of the beer. That well, is true. I did not like the end of the beer. I oh, would it is not, true. Yeah. I would not. I didn't make it I up. I would not hand it to my mother and say, please uh, enjoy. <laughs> oh, he would, he Why say, didn't you he, like the end of the beer? No, nah, the bottom bit, no good. You used to tip it out. You did. No, I would. The, the last why? probably less than a mouthful, you used to tip it out. Do you reckon, but do you why? Reckon, what's the purpose? Sediment Backwash. and rubbish down there. No good. What are you Beer's no good. Do you reckon the Stubby Club boys would finish their whole beer? They, they, would. They, would. they would. John from Stubby Club. He'd, he he'd, would. I reckon, you know how we have a little planning night where we go out for dinner and have you know, a couple of beers and talk about the show? Yeah. If Doss pulls out the last <laughs> centimetre of his beer, he's out and John's in. <laughs> oh, I'm Next happy. <laughs> Great boys at the Stubby Club. Great people. Love the Stubby Club, guys. Thestubbyclub.com.au. Hit them up on Instagram at the Stubby a Club. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Outback Quarterback Podcast for another Thursday. As during the intro, we we're just touching the beautiful, beautiful surface of the matte helmets we have sitting on here. Just nice, isn't it? It feels a lot nicer, Hawley, to touch the matte than the gloss, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's just. What have you got that you're rubbing? A little, you got a my Florida, Kyle, my Kyle, Kyle Pitts Florida helmet. Mm. Yeah, I'm touching yeah. it. How, how CMC, CMC Panthers. How good is that McCaffrey Panthers oh, with the uh, blue visor on it? Just, a, just sensational. I think there's a few Panthers fans that are fairly envious of us, uh, yes. Curtis, with this city. Well, it's if we ever get our act together, that could be yours for a <laughs> princely sum. Stay tuned for that in about, I don't know, three years' time. <laughs> now, today we have someone special on the show. We've got Pete Burge. Pete Burge from the Niners DNA YouTube channel. Yes, he's uh, acquiring a little following there on YouTube. Everything 49ers. He's an expert. We're going to get him on to talk about the Trey Lance situation, the Brock Purdy situation, and a bit of Kyle Shanahan stuff as well. So 49ers fans and beyond, make sure you listen in for that. Before we get there, though, we have a bit of roster reality, uh, which we're going to do later on. We're going to do PFF top 10 versus the NFL players top 10. Nice. Uh, yes, that'll be good. And then we've got uh, the all-injured team of 2023. I've gone through all the, the injury lists and the guys that are unlikely to start or either either out for week one or unlikely to start for week one. I've put them in a little roster and seen what I can come up with because we've got a few decent players on the sidelines at the moment. But first, boys, I wanted to ask, have either of you watched the quarterback Netflix series or the Johnny Football Untold? Uh, uh, I've seen the Johnny Football Untold series, yeah. Tell me about that show. It was Johnny, good. Johnny Manziel, was, was Johnny it Manziel. Yeah, it was awesome. I was the in, it, I mean, it's kind of what you expected, um, just a little bit more in depth and obviously came from or his version of it as well. Basically how he was a... Absolute star in college, hanging out with 
the big, big dogs. And like. high school as well. Really, in high school as well, yeah. And then he just got to the NFL and he just, it wasn't for him. Too professional. Yeah, he just, he just, yeah, I think that's, he threw it away to be honest. Does he, he regret it now or does he just go, oh, well, that's what it is? Because yeah. I've seen him say that he doesn't regret it, but I don't know whether that's just bravado. I think deep down he would. Cause Surely. He, there is that bit of it is what it is for him, I think, but. He kind of went on to explain that it just wasn't for him. He didn't enjoy it. It wasn't what he wanted to do. It wasn't who he wanted to be. Doss, how do you think he would have gone these days in the name, image and likeness payment scene? He would have uh, raked in millions well, during college. Considering he was running his own side hustle. Uh, when, yeah. Well, like, yes. Yeah. By signing footballs and helmets and autographs. And, oh, illegally. Yeah. yeah, well, you weren't allowed to. <laughs> And not get paid. Well, you could, but How you weren't allowed to get paid for it. Little bracket. It was doing okay. He was 80 20 with his mate who was his manager at that stage. Yeah. And they were making, I thought he said something like 30 grand a month or something. Yeah, it was something like that. that Still, pales was, in comparison to what he would have got if he applied oh, himself oh, as a quarterback. Yeah. That's right. Have but you watched was, Quarterback Girl? I haven't yet. Only bits and pieces. I haven't sat and watched it down in depth, Curtis, every episode. And I haven't even had a chance yet to really watch Hard Knocks in any sort of mm. depth either. Well, um, um, I was going to watch both of those shows, but I've started watching Blue Mountain State since Tuesday <laughs> show just to see if the holy comparison <laughs> is real. Uh, look, we're going to jump in right now. We've got Pete Burge on the line uh, back in just a sec with all things 49ers. <laughs> All right, very excited to have Pete Burge from Niners DNA. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube, Niners DNA. He's an expert, Dos in all things San Francisco 49ers. And it's a great time to have him on the show because we've been heavily debating both on the show and off the Trey Lance situation, uh, particularly in the realms of fantasy. I have a strong opinion that he should be traded out. Uh, if you have him on your roster, Hawley thinks otherwise. But Pete's going to settle a few things for us and give us an update. He is, and what we're, we've been talking about, the quarterback battles in San Francisco really post the NFC Championship game right back to sort of, you know, February, March when we're getting into the off-season as to what the 49ers might do and currently they've just held steady. We There was no no trades, no moves in, during the draft or, or free agency and now we're, we're here pre-season and Pete's going to tell us what his thoughts are on the current situation in, in San Francisco. So welcome, Pete. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, uh, massive Niners fanatic, uh, been following those guys well, that team since 2000, so what is it, 23 years ago, I was a, a snowboard instructor in California. I uh, had a little California chicky over there, and her parents were uh, Niners uh, ticket holders, well, season ticket holders at the Sticks. So ever since then, the days of Jeff, Jeff Garcia, and oh, who wow. incidentally was the last quarterback, last Niners quarterback to be, in the, be selected in the Pro Bowl. So it's been a while. There you go. Well, unfortunately, that's lost a little bit of meaning now that uh, Tyler Huntley, who played about two games last year, got selected <laughs> to the Pro Bowl. But that definitely meant something more back then. Look, Pete, start us off with, well, well, I think we're in year seven of the Kyle Shanahan era now at San Francisco. And there's been some, some success in NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl that um, didn't end up in a win, but still some some level of success. How do you see how he's handled the quarterback situation over that time because that's been perhaps an area that's a little unsettled and a little unknown over the years. Yeah, he's he's had a very checkered history with with his quarterbacks and, and it goes right back to, I think, 
the relationship that he had with Matt Ryan too. So it goes even way back before then, um, fellas. So, yeah, he jo- he took over in 2017. He had a number two pick, inherited a number two pick. He didn't take Patrick Mahomes. He didn't scout Deshaun Watson. He took uh, Solomon Thomas, who spent some time in, in I think, some the XFL or something like that, and then took CJ Bethard and signed Brian Hoyer. And then at the end of... And getting in Sorry, Doss Dos and Hawley looking at each other. They've never heard those names. I know everyone that you just mentioned. I know CJ Bethard <laughs> and Brian Hoyer. I didn't know Solomon Thomas. I haven't heard of him before. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I wasn't aware of Thomas either. But uh, well, a- he, there you go. He was the number three draft pick by the Niners. So anyway, to I, let to, to sort of, I don't want to take up too much of no, the no. time. But I just know that you know they panicked. He went zero and eight. So he got he signed Jimmy. All he got Jimmy Garoppolo in and traded for him. He, he won some really good games at the back end of 2017, five games. And then Kyle Welp said, well, look, I'm going to make you the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. And bang, that happened. He got injured, as is often the case with Niners quarterbacks, because yeah. I don't think Kyle puts any um, – I don't think he invests in the offensive line enough at all. So um, – which you can see that in the last – in the time of his tenure, he's gone through, you know, there's only been one season, which is 2019, where Jimmy was carried, some would say, but he took us to the to the Super Bowl. Um, that's the only year that he's only used one quarterback. So, yeah, he's had some some trouble holding on to them. He's, he, he's more of a, a coach that likes a game manager and likes to think that he is the person. Look, and you'll, you'll hear coming from, you'll, you'll hear from me, my opinion of uh, is coloured of culture and because of what I, you know, I think he, he's after a, not a robot, but very much a quarterback that does exactly what he says. You you, you put the ball where I say you, where I, where I say you, where I've drawn up to put the ball and you'll do nothing else. And so his trust levels with, with quarterbacks have been, have been up and down. And it looks as though, you know, after, you know, we, we could have got Tom Brady, we tried to get Stafford. Uh, both have subsequently gone on and won Super Bowls. So he is looking for his franchise quarterback. And I think he thinks in his mind that um, Brock Purdy is the one. But time will tell. Let's move on to Brock Purdy. It's a perfect segue. I'm I'm a big fan. Look, I think all of us in this room, if we... We're not, not fans asked, of Brock fans. Purdy. However, there's still particularly in fantasy circles between myself and Hawley and many other managers out there, there's this tension between, yes, Brock Purdy is the answer and he'll be there long-term for San Francisco or he was just a flash in the pan and, and won't be a great fantasy player. And likewise, in, in real life, he, he won't sustain that success versus the Trey Lance thing where people like me think he's done at San Francisco. I actually don't think he'll make it as a starter anywhere, to be frank. And therefore... Wow. If you're a fantasy player and you have him on your roster, trade him out for whatever you can. That was the video on the Instagram last week that Hawley didn't approve of. Um, Hawley, you have a very different opinion to that. Do you, you still think he can make it? Give give Pete your thoughts. I do, Pete. I, I look at the Brock Purdy year last year a bit like Jeremy Lin, the Lin sanity. Oh, the Lin, Jeremy Lin again. <laughs> Where he had that real hot period and then he just cooled off and he became a, he became a decent <laughs> NBA player. And I feel like Purdy's had that hot period and now he'll come back down to earth. He was obviously a very late pick for a reason. I know there are quarterbacks that go very late. They become very good quarterbacks. But 
I think someone like Trey Lance, he still hasn't had a proper go in the NFL and I think we need to see him with a proper opportunity before we can make a, a, a telltale you know, a decision that, okay, he's done in the NFL as Curtis, as Curtis has uh, alluded to. Not done in the NFL, just I don't think he's a starter. Pete, you're the expert here. You've seen much more of him than we have. What are your thoughts? Hawley, me and you are going to be mates because <laughs> I, I think I, I re- look. You've you've summed it up beautifully. I think whoever gives this guy the opportunity, who gives him reps, who give who who gives who has the patience to to develop Trey, I think are going to be very very happy. He's a guy that can I think make a huge difference to any team's offense when he is got some some games under his belt. I think Kyle made a very big mistake in drafting Trey because of the situation that San Francisco was in because they were a win now, you know, in a win now window. And he was, you know, as a lot of us thought it was a great place for him to be, but he just didn't have the patience to give the, to give Trey the reps that he needed. I thought he should have started straight away. I, if you saw that, if you watched the Broncos game, um, that answered a lot of questions for us 49ers fans, not only with Brock, but, um, the one thing that I loved about Trey Lance was that it was going to give us a way. It was going to get us away from the Jimmy Dink and Dunk, you know, over the middle, ten to fifteen yard passing game, which you know, obviously, um, some people like, I dislike. You need a elite quarterback to win Super Bowls, right? You you need a Patrick Mahomes, you need a Tom Brady, like you need a guy that if you're down, if you if you've got thirty or forty five seconds to get down the field, he needs to throw a strike and get you down the field to you know within the thirty meter, you know, in into the red zone basically. So he started shaky uh, against against the Broncos, but then he got hot. And I, you could tell me if you watch those that game that that preseason game, gents, but as you saw, he he throws frozen ropes, and when he puts it in the right place and he's decisive. And with that little bit of um, off off script play that he can offer, again, I think that was part of the play that I think Kyle and John John um, Lynch, being the guy that is the the manager of the San Francisco Six, uh, the the 49ers, I should say, um, that is what I think they saw in him when they drafted him. So I'm with you, Holly. I'd love to I'd love to hear what you think, Curtis. Well, there's no doubting he's he certainly got some tools and some attributes. My concern all along has, well, going into the NFL was obviously the lack of playing college and how much of it was based on projection versus uh, ability and proven ability. And like you said, he was thrown into a win now situation where through uh, a combination of not being ready for the occasion plus injury, we're now two years into the Trey Lance experiment and I'm not sure that he's had the opportunity to develop that far. So when you've already got a guy who's such a big project and then you almost wipe out the first two years of his development, you're quite far down the road. And we've seen with Brock Purdy and, and other examples that some guys can come in and just more ready, uh, they're more ready-made. Purdy may not have some of the outstanding attributes that Lance has, but whether Lance can ever pull it together when the timeline is very, very quickly, I think it very quickly runs out as an elite quarterback in the NFL. Doss? Yeah, uh, Pete and fellas, I've been looking at the 49ers Twitter feed for a while and it's very much 50% Lance, 50% Purdy, mm. you know. And a lot of the opinion on or the negativity around Purdy at the moment is driven by his training camp videos and the 10 picks that he threw and a bit of preseason yep. stuff. The 
benefit that the 49ers have is both of these quarterbacks are on rookie contracts. So Lance is coming into year three, Purdy into year two, taking up very little in the way of salary cap. So there's no, uh, you know, financial stress or salary cap impact at the moment for the 49ers. So they can continue to put pieces around these quarterbacks whilst they develop. I, and I'm, I'm a bit uh, – I'm with yourself, uh, Hawley and, and Pete, and I think it's actually a riskier move to trade Trey Lance now, not from a fantasy, but I'm talking the yeah, 49ers in, yep. in general uh, because he's had so many serious injuries. Uh, if they were going to trade him, I think it would have happened around the draft and that, that didn't happen. I think he needs to play for a decent stretch of games to see what his ceiling or how high his ceiling actually is. And I think – from there, then you can make a call. And if there is uh, proven to be that he is the starting quarterback for the 49ers, because to me, the only reason he lost the job last year was because he was injured. And, you know, he started and then Garoppolo came in, he got injured and then Brock came in and, and played very, very well. So to me, it's Lance's job to start. That's just my opinion. And the investment that the, the 49ers have, have made in Trey Lance and then if he gets injured, then it becomes, again, Brock Purdy. That's how I see it, though. See, Pete, I have Lance QB3 on their depth chart at the moment. I thought that Purdy oh, and Darnold oh. are both ahead of him. That's not my personal criticism. I just thought that's where it sat. Is that is that how it's seen in San Francisco? Uh, you would probably say that a lot of the beat reporters over there have got that same um, list as you, Curtis, um, in trade being QB3. I think... That if he can't beat out Darnold, then yeah. I think you know he has more trouble. He has more problems than than I think a lot of us want to believe. He is uh, a guy called Jack Hammer, who I think is a, a great a great content creator, and he is very very level headed in his appraisal of the quarterback situation. And after the the Broncos game, he has become a lot more enamoured with Trey Lance. And so when that guy is saying that, plus. You got to let's just remember that the team that imagine if if Jimmy hadn't been injured last year, we would not have not Brock Purdy wouldn't have existed. Obviously, you know you can't turn back time, but look at the team that he came into. Look at the weapons that he inherited: CMC, Brandon Ayuk, and I cannot believe, boys, that on your top ten wide receivers you don't have BA on your list. Oh, I love him. Oh, I love him. Don't worry, does. I've got him in all my fantasy teams. Mate, I'm real is, big on Brandon. Don't you worry about mate, that. He is huge. He's going to be huge this year. Huge. And anyway, um, you know, and, and and the Kittle was was found some old form, and so I think if you put Trey Lance in that situation, I think you would have the game management perspective, but you'd all also have the ability for him to make those off-script plays, which is the best of both worlds. But it's yet to be proven. And yeah. I'm not saying that he is going to be the guy that we all think he's going to be the guy, but we don't know and we can't judge. He's right. only played four and a bit games and you can't write him off yet. Whereas Sam Darnold, we know who Sam Darnold is. We Sam do. Darnold is trash. <laughs> <laughs> See, but I think that does a bit of a disservice to Purdy, not to labour the point. I, I he was incredible last year for a guy who came in cold like that. And it's it's one thing to say that Lance probably would have done well enough or as well and to also say, look at the weapons that Purdy had. But it's a very big difference between, oh, look, he had a great team and it worked out well versus 
him actually getting it done. He still had to get it done and show that composure in those moments. And I just, I don't want it to be a flash in the pan. I don't want people to forget just how good Purdy was and how incredible that story was because there's this shiny toy in Trey Lance that still could be anything. Mm. I, 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 it's, it's a weird position. I can't remember a quarterback room like this in the past where no, you've got such yeah. a high draft pick where there's still a lot of people that really believe and a lot that don't. Then you've got a random guy who is <laughs> Mr. Irrelevant that comes in and and proves that he can do it. And then you've got Sam Darnold sitting in the middle somehow commanding the second position. But look, this is, I'll, I'll finish the, the discussion on this. Week one of playoffs, Pete, yep. who will be your starting quarterback this year? Week one of playoffs. If, yeah. Brock, if, if Brock stays healthy, it'll be Brock. Okay. Because, I, oh look, I agree with you, Kurt, in, 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 res, in the respect that he got it done. He, he puts the ball where Kyle wants him to put it. And that's when you're playing with Kyle Shanahan, that's what you've got to do. Well summed up. Uh, one final question from us, unless the boys have anything else, changing tack slightly. Nick Bosa, the holdout, is this a worry or is it a non-story? Nah, look, it's, it, they'll get it done. Uh, if you know anything about this, this management, they've got, a, they've, they've got a guy called Parag Marathe who is known to be a shrewd negotiator, it's going to take some time. The Boses are the Boses, if you know about those guys. You know, a genetic masterclass of NFL football bloodlines. And he, uh, he his agent is known to be pretty tough as well. I think he, he'll be training his ass off back down in Florida. He won't, um, he won't come in behind the eight ball too much. He needs to get some padded practice in. I'm saying that by the end of August, first week of September, he'll be back in the red, gold and white. I hope you're right. Pete Burge, thank you very much for your time. Uh, Doss is going to give you one last plug for, for your YouTube channel. Niners DNA YouTube channel hit up some great content, all things 49ers. Pete, thank you again for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen, and uh, very privileged and honoured for you to invite me on. So thank you very much. Thanks, mate. Great stuff. See you, Pete. Roster reality, we're calling this little one. Now the free agency, the trades and the draft are all done. Rosters are starting to take shape. Doss got worried when he heard the name. He thought he hadn't prepared. He realised he has. Because I had I'd actually named this of the activity that you asked me to do as opposed to roster ah, reality. Yes. So that's why I was scrambling through the run Hold sheet. On, I, might have, I might have oh stuffed boy. up roster reality as well. Because oh you said two trades that will work well and why. Are these trades that haven't happened? No, the, trades that have happened. All right, because I came up with my own trades that I think <laughs> would work well. Well, let's roll with that. That's yeah. cool. Well, the trade deadline doesn't doesn't close until yeah, what? Still, so still, there's okay. still moves to be made, Chris. <laughs> I, I just read it again and thought, hold on a minute. I think I've read this incorrectly. Yeah, because the point, what I was trying to get at with roster reality is things are basically yeah. settled now. That in the real world, how are all the trades uh, and things going to pan whoops. out? But that's all right. We always we still love predicting trades in the show, so that's what we do. But I'm going to talk through uh, a couple of position groups that have gotten better, one that's gotten better, one that's gotten worse now that everything's sort of settled. Doss, you're going to talk about a couple of trades that have happened that mm. you don't think are going to work out that well now that we've, we've seen uh, things come together. And Hawley, as we just established, you're going to talk about a couple that you would like to see that you think will turn <laughs> Hawley's out. working for the trade deadline now. That, yeah, that's that, right. He's just... He's, he's looking just, ahead. Forget, forget week one. <laughs> that's history. <laughs> trade deadline is what's going to happen. Well, speaking of deadline dates, the roster cut deadline, 
deadline day is coming up. Always a exciting and heartbreaking time for many individuals in the NFL, but exciting because fans get to see who their final, how their final roster shakes out, or at least the week ninety one. down to fifty three. Ninety down to fifty three. Now it's a little different to previous years. Previously, there was a date after week one or two of the preseason where they go from ninety to seventy five, yeah. and there's another date where they cut fifteen more and eventually whittle it down to fifty three. Now they've just pushed it all to next Tuesday or Wednesday our time, August 29th. Go from 90 or however many they've got on the roster at the moment down to 53, all in one. Mine's big of cut. the uh, Simpsons episode <laughs> when Homer's Jerry, the Pee Wee. Your cut. Homer's the Pee Wee football coach. <laughs> now the easiest part of any coach's job: the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so they're currently allowed 90 down to 53 next Wednesday our time. So that's going to uh, yeah shake shake a few things up. A mm. couple of rookies, well, a lot of rookies won't make it. Interesting to see. Kayshawn Butte, I've got my eyes on him. Does he make the Pats roster? Uh, let's start with you, Doss. We'll start with the negative. A couple of trades and things that have, that have settled that you're thinking, oh, I'm so not It's so actually sure. quite hard because you're looking at hard, trades yeah, and you're yeah. sort of thinking, oh, yeah, they're not, not too bad. I don't mind You that. want them to work. Yeah. So, and a lot of trades. Hey, this is why roster reality. This is not fancy. This is reality. And, and a lot of it involves draft picks too. So you're looking for, for players, uh, fellas. So the first one I had was uh, tight end Darren Waller was traded from the mm. Las Vegas Raiders to the New York Giants for a third round pick, which ended up being pick 100 or something. Yep. Trey Tucker, wide receiver out of Cincinnati. Thank now, you. Waller... Darren Waller has played 20 games in the last two seasons, uh, very rarely uh, on the park and limited snaps uh, in those games as well. He's had seven seasons in the NFL and he's only gone over 1,000 yards twice. So that was uh, three and three four years ago for, for the Raiders. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the New York media, the hype around Darren Waller at the moment, tearing it up in joint practices and training camps and there was a lot of hype around Darren Waller this time last year when Devontae Adams went across uh, to the Raiders say oh Hunter Renfrow Devontae Adams Darren Waller and it just never eventuated it was Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs really so look if he can get if he can play over 10 games this season it's a win for the Giants but I'm not really sure he's going to be 31 by the time the season starts I'm not sure it's a solution at tight end and really helps the Giants very, significantly. Very interesting career, Waller. Uh, like I said, he's, he's going to be 31 very soon. But he's one that when you say he's only had two seasons over 1,000 yards, there's a bit more to it than that. He started – he was drafted as a wide receiver for Baltimore and was a backup wide and receiver. And was very quiet for three seasons. He was. And then, well, his, his third season he got suspended for a year for substance abuse uh, oh, yes. policy Sorry. violations. So he had some really challenging personal circumstances, was a wide receiver, got himself – um, you know, got over those those issues, which which is great. Came back and then converted to being a tight end while he was in Oakland Raiders. Mm. Then he caught fire. Twenty nineteen, he went a thousand or eleven hundred yards, um, three touchdowns. The year after, twelve hundred and nine. So he was yeah. right up there. He was almost the best, other than Kelsey. I think for that second year, he was the the best tight end in the game. Mm. Um, and then the injury started to hit. And you, you wonder with a guy who had a few years where you didn't see him play, it's like, has he always had this injury tendency? We just didn't know it because he was never on the park because he wasn't picked. So is this something he can get over? Don't know. But it's, it was a really interesting one. I didn't expect him to land at the Giants. It sort of made sense for them in that they needed a tight end. Daniel Bellinger was the number one last year. But 30-31, are they in a window where they need a 31-year-old final tight puzzle end. piece tight yeah. end? I don't know. I think they're a bit more developmental than that, but... Good one, Doss. I'm not certain about that either. Holy, what's a trade 
you would like to see. <laughs> well, fellas, where do we see the Raiders this year? Are they playoff contenders? Six, seven wins. No, I see them in purgatory. So they're done. Who, there's a team that's a Super Bowl favourite that needs a wide receiver. Kansas City Chiefs. There's a very good wide receiver. Devontae. Wasting, wasting away. Oh, my God. So you reckon they trade into a division rival? I'm just saying. It'd it be a trade that would work for KC. <laughs> oh. And in terms of the Raiders. Well, his buddy dra- Derek Carr's not there picks. anymore, is it's, he? I, I figure it's, uh, he's 30, I think turning 31 this year. Something around that. So what is it? Is it a second, maybe a couple of seconds, couple of thirds, something maybe a second and a third or just, a, you know, somewhere around that mark. But I think it works well because he's, he's, there's no point of him being at the Raiders anymore. The, the Kansas City starting wide receivers, Curtis, have less than a year's worth of receptions between them. 242 receptions, 3,500 yards in their career. Yeah, and banking they, a lot on Kadarius Tony and Rashi Rice and development of Sky Moore. Exactly. Travis Kelsey's the man. We've said before, if Travis Kelsey goes down, then they're done for. Someone like Devontae Adams comes in and you can almost say they go from a $3 favourite to Imagine. a $2 favourite to it's, win the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen, but it's my not going gosh, to happen, that would be incredible. This is my segment on how what I want to see. <laughs> um, and I think it would, fit, it would fit both. I can't see why it wouldn't fit both teams. But Raiders aren't looking at winning anything this year. so I'm waiting to hear his second one because I, I, I have a feeling New England Patriots might be involved. No, no, well, Patriots we, can, are very strong at the moment. Well, let's, I've just had one that sprung to mind, the original concept of the trades that have happened that may not work out. You guys know me. I've always been a little bit of a skeptic on Jalen Ramsey, mm. and and Miami paid decent money for um, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, you, this here's my second one that I had. sorry. Uh, you know, in trying to think on the fly, I realised I stole one from you and not Hawley, so I still haven't <laughs> solved the Hawley problem. <laughs> you take it away, Doss. Why why do you think the Ramsey thing? Is it just the injury that he's copped now, or was it before that that he had some doubts before the meniscus? No, I, yeah. So the the injury is certainly probably. You know, exacerbated it yep. further. It, he's going to be 29 at the start of the season. Then he's currently at this stage out until December. And we'll, we'll see what happens there. Mm. Uh, I did like how they went out and got and we'll pair him up with Xavier Howard, but we're yes. not going to see that for, for quite some time. And obviously Vic Fangio, the godfather of the uh, defense at the NFL, has come in as defensive coordinator. Uh, now, but they are paying him uh, top five quarterback money. Uh, through to the end of next year, 2024. Mm. But I don't have him as a top five quarterback. I've got probably Pat Sertain, Source Gardner, uh, James Bradbury, Jair Alexander Mm -hmm. and Darius Slay off the top of my head, all ahead of Jalen Ramsey at the moment. He had a down year last year as well Mm. for the... The Rams and the Rams weren't great, to be fair. No, he's he's polarizing Ramsey. Like for me, the thing that I just don't think this is going to work long term. But his his mistakes seem to be big when they happen, right? And don't get me wrong, he's normally fantastic on coverage. He's a ball hawk. He can do those things really well. But maybe it's because. I'm watching him like a hawk that I notice his mistakes, but mm. when he makes blues, he really Well, he's a bullhawk because he's had eight interceptions the last you know, four and four the last two seasons. So he's a bit he, like Trayvon Diggs in that he makes incredible plays on the ball and, and can be a pick machine. But, but then gets lost in coverage. Correct. Yeah. And, and I think that sometimes gets overlooked when people see his highlights real. Um, whether he's top five, I don't know. But I think he. Yeah, most people would say he is. Uh, you're very high on Bradbury. You're very high on James Bradbury. James Bradbury. You've always liked He's a very good cornerback. Mm. We'll see how Ramsey works out in Miami. Um, Hawley's annoyed we're getting in the weeds in the secondary over here. 
He's <laughs> itching to Tell go. Tell us about a quarterback. Second, he's got his second trade ready to go. Where's Burrow going? The Steelers? There's <laughs> <laughs> a team I like, fellas. Atlanta Falcons. But I don't know if we're sold on Desmond Ritter yet. No, we're not. Probably no. not. They were seven and ten last year, and I think they've added Bajan now. Well, he's Drake carrying London, them for Kyle Pitts. There's a team called the LA Rams that don't need a quarterback because they're rebuilding. I imagine Atlanta Ooh. have got a lot of space in their salary cap with all these rookie deals. Stafford's on a lot of money. Rams can send him over to Atlanta, and then Atlanta probably become a ten and seven, eleven and six team if with a fit Matthew mm. Stafford. And I think that takes them into the playoffs where. They probably won't be with Desmond Ritter. I'm not sure what Stafford's worth. I know Rams gave up a hell of a lot to get him. Um, they're not going to get that back, obviously, but they could probably still manage a few seconds and thirds. So I think that's probably a little a little trade that would work quite well. I do like that. Uh, and similar to your thinking, there's been whispers all off-season linking Ryan Tannehill to the Falcons. Mm. And I think he he would be a fit there. He's I I think Stafford is a better just quarterback a than Tannehill at the Tannehill, best now. Yeah. But you know someone a bit more established, someone just, that can guide yeah. a team towards. They the just playoffs. need to improve from their seven and ten to a ten and seven, eleven and six to, to jump into the playoff contention. I don't. Yeah. Well, obviously, I had no intention of thinking about this until Hawley brought it up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't mind it, mm. especially with the Rams, with the amount of salary cap that they're freeing up for the start of next off season. Uh, they have obviously paying a lot of dead money uh, this current season coming up. So I don't mind that. Stafford's health is going to be the question mark because we still really don't know how he is uh, with the limited uh, games he played last year. So mm. if he's uh, healthy and the, give Atlanta a one or two year crack with Matt Stafford with some of these young guns on offense, I don't hate it. Now, thinking on the fly about a couple of trades that have happened and that I think will work out, the... Elijah Moore thing. The more I think about that, Elijah Moore to Cleveland, the more it makes sense. He was he was done at the Jets, had fallen out there. And I said last week, I'm high on the Browns now that Deshaun is maybe. You've got him 13 and 4. Kurt. I, I think so. But, you know, there were little little pieces that they needed to add on that offense. Uh, they got Amari Cooper, they got Donovan Peoples Jones. And adding Elijah Moore into that mix is a nice one. I think that they've just got a perfect mix of established wide receiver one, a deep threat, and then. Really good slot receiving as well. So that, yeah. that was a nice one. Uh, and they also picked up a, a third round pick uh, in that trade. So they, they sent a second rounder, which turned out to be Luke Musgrave for Green Bay. Green Bay. End. But they got back a third rounder and Elijah Moore, which is that's quite a bargain. They ended up picking Cedric Tillman, another wide receiver, with that third round pick. That was their earliest pick of the draft. And he's shown a fair bit in preseason. So Ad Tillman is their fourth best receiver. That that's worked out very nicely for Cleveland. Another one that I like is Brandon Cooks to Dallas. Now Whoa. Dallas have needed Love it. that reliable guy behind C D Lamb. C D is a star, but he needs some pressure taken off of him. Michael Gallup has had his injury problems, as have the other guys that have rotated through there. I reckon Brandon Cooks is a very nice little addition. I was trying to find a way of getting Brandon Cooks into the trade that I uh, won't work for the Dallas Cowboys, but I could not make that happen, unfortunately, (laughs) despite my (laughs) bias towards the uh, Dallas Cowboys uh, and their fan base. Now, my job was to come up with a positional group for a team that was in a better spot and a positional group for a team that was in a worse spot. Now, (laughs) I realise I've talked about Cleveland a lot, but we need a deep dive into this defensive line because the changes they've made, are really, really important. They already have Miles Garrett. Sorry, I'm just going to jump in there, Curtis. I'm, I'm just um, 
jumped on Fanatics to place an order for a Cleveland Browns uh, <laughs> <laughs> home jersey with Deboy 99 on the back. <laughs> 11. Uh, Deboy 11. Yep. And we'll have to check their roster. Anyone got 11 for the I'm Cleveland sure. Browns? Let's have a look. Keep going. Uh, is it Anthony Schwartz perhaps that wears that really? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, Cleveland defensive line. Obviously, they got Miles Garrett. He did it all last year. They only had 34 sacks as a team. He had 16 of them. They were the fifth lowest in sacks last year. They were the bo- they were bottom eight for pretty much every defensive line stat. They allowed really high yards per carry. They had low amount of sacks. They had a really high first down percentage. Yes, mm. Doss? No, keep going. No, I'm agreeing with you. I thought you were going to tell me it was Anthony Schwartz who was number 11. Um, they needed help and they got it. Two players from Minnesota. They got on the interior, Dalvin Tomlinson, who's been consistently good his whole career. PFF's always had him as a basically a top 25% defensive interior man. On the edge, Doss, they got Zadarius Smith, who spent one year in oh, Minnesota, he's, he's, 10 he, sacks. He's going to be good with Miles Garrett next to him. That's that's dangerous combination. Well, he was a superstar for Green Bay there for a number of years. And they still had, though, a little gap on the interior. Uh, so they added 32-year-old Shelby Harris from the Seahawks. You may recognize that game because the name because he was part of the Russell Wilson trade from Denver to Seattle. He's been ranked as a top 10 uh, interior man by PFF a number of times over the last few years. So... He's just that last little piece of the puzzle because mm. the fans were lamenting that D-line other than Garrett last year, particularly the interior, and now they've yeah. got a pretty star-studded group, Garrett, Tomlinson, Harris, and Zadarius Smith. I think that's going to strike some fear and they're going to climb up the sack boards. We really should have known who number 11 was for the Cleveland Browns. Why? Donovan Peoples-Jones is number 11. Oh! <gasps> Anthony, Anthony Schwartz is number 10, so oh, you're very close, close. Curtis. <laughs> but we should have had DPJ. We like DPJ. And Zadaria Smith uh, has inherited jersey number 99. Oh, nice. There you go. Have they got a number zero on the? Oh, Elijah Moore is a zero, isn't a he? A double zero? Uh, you're allowed to have a zero these days. Sam Darnold is zero for the uh, 49ers. That's where he'll stay. Anyway, <laughs> the, uh, the team that has a positional group in a worse spot. Now, this is not really due to their drafting or trading ability. It's due to a, a bomb that's been dropped on them lately, and that's the Colts running back room. Oh. And it's cruel because Jonathan Taylor's on the move, and it happened post-draft, post-trades, and now they've got Zach Moss as their number one guy. Behind him is a fifth-round rookie, Evan Hull, and then there's the emergency signing of Kenyon Drake. As I said, they didn't have a chance to address this. Veteran the- Kenyon. Oh, he's been everywhere. He has been everywhere. Didn't have a chance to address it in the offseason because they didn't know he was going, but it's a gut punch. Doss for the Colts. They needed some support for the, the fledgling Anthony Richardson and in the backfield and he's, JT's uh, going. JT, well, not just... He, well, well, I, I, I ro- still think he'll end up there. I said last week I still he think did, he'll stay. He did travel but with the team. No, he is, he's left for personal being granted oh, personal leave from the team for a... Oh, a well, matter of which I'm not sure, 100% sure of. But oh, is this, is this an unrelated non, non, personal not, matter? Or? Not injury related. Yes, yes, I believe so. Okay, nothing to do with the contract? or No. Oh wow! Okay, interesting. No. Because the last thing I saw is that he did travel with them, and now he's so now he's got. Left. Yeah, no, he, he went went uh, uh, left the team briefly for a personal matter, I believe. Well, returned look, it, home. It's murky, but it, it's one of the more dramatic drop-offs with one player leaving a room. Normally, normally you have at least someone who you look at and go, "Well, they can do the job while he's gone." Like you know, say a, a Jamal Williams, who was essentially the backup running back last year, and he punched in seventeen <laughs> touchdowns yeah. for, for Detroit and got himself a nice pay packet in New Orleans. Whereas, with all due respect to Zach Moss, I don't reckon he's a guy who's going to carry a room at all. So there's panic stations there. Uh, we got the PFF top ten versus the NFL top ten in just a second, Dawson. I know this is something you're particularly passionate about. So wow, let's get into it. 
Paulie, how are you going over there, man? Uh, I'm tiring. Yeah, you're yeah, tiring. It's do late. we need to make do these earlier? Well, yeah. Yeah. If we can. All right. Let's work on that in the next few weeks because Hawley's quick running out of stamina. <laughs> the trade, the, the two got, trades have gone and he's... We've got, we got two segments to go. Can you hang in there? Oh, I can do it, fellas. All right, come on. Energy. PFF top 10, DOS. Uh, well, they do a top 50, yeah. right, with all based on all their analytics, analysing every snap. We know the score with PFF. That's how they rank their players. We had a passionate argument about it last year. I noticed he didn't include it in this, this year's uh, run sheet for the off-season, though. What's that? Well, we, we didn't go into the same amount of detail for a PFF top 50 yeah, this year, but it's all right. Keep it fresh. Yep. Uh, and then you've got the NFL top 10, which is voted by the players. Well, top 100. Oh, top 100, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. So we just picked the top 10 from both of those to you know, see where they shake out and see if there are any notable omissions or things mm. that surprised us or things that we liked. So for both, as expected, Patty Mahomes was the number one. Let's go through the NFL player voted list first. It's Patrick Mahomes first, Justin Jefferson second, Jalen Hurts Third, Nick Bosa, fourth. Fifth is Travis Kelsey, then Joe Burrow, Tyreek Hill, Josh Allen, Micah Parsons, and Chris Jones, the Kansas City defensive tackle. PFF, the analytics-based service, Patrick Mahomes first. Aaron Donald, second. Uh, interestingly, not on the... No, the players had him um, 11th, Aaron Donald. Um, Trent Williams, third. They love their O-line over at PFF. Oh, PFF, well, Tra- yeah. Travis Kelsey, fourth. Fifth, Miles Garrett. Sixth, Nick Bosa. Chris Jones, seventh. Devonta Adams, eighth. Micah Parsons, ninth in both lists. And Joe Burrow. So the players that are in both, Paddy Mahomes, Nick Bosa, Travis Kelsey, Joe Burrow, Micah Parsons, and Chris Jones, which is very good, but that did surprise me that he was top ten on both, Doss. Were you surprised by that? Chris Jones? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- no, that didn't surprise me actually. No, no, no. Okay. Is uh, it surprised me that Kansas City haven't paid him yet? Is there anything? Is there anything on one of the two lists that really caught your eye? Or, or well, it has to be Jefferson. Well, that's, know, that's I what I had. I know he's number eleven in PFF, it's, but it's to wrong. not have him in the top three or four is just—it's wrong. It's so it's, wrong. He's an absolute game changer. So they've got Devontae Adams in PFF as their highest receiver. I think is that. Uh, no. Oh, yes, yeah, they, they do. do. Eight. Yeah. And and I, I love PFF. You know, I love PFF, but I just can't get past Justin Jefferson. Is he's the best wide receiver in the game, and he? I mean, I think he's more effective at his position than a, a few of those guys on that list. What do you reckon? No, I agree. Um, I'm in agreement with that. Uh, I think Aaron Donald's still too high on PFF. I don't. I they don't have think he two. Was, yeah, I don't yeah. think he was anywhere near as effective last year, and it surprises me because it's never. A reputational thing with PFF. It's purely analytics. So there's they've seen something in what he has done, snap by snap by snap. When to the eye, he seemed like he fell off a bit last year, and he wasn't anywhere near as damaging. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. It almost look. I don't want to be disrespectful and say disinterested, but yeah, he got there was he was toying this time twelve months ago as to whether he would yes. sign an extension and get paid or whether he was going to potentially retire and mm-hmm. not bother about it because he's won a ring and done everything there is to do at his position. Are you so, saying he wasn't quite as passionate about getting Bryce Perkins back on the field in a hurry? <laughs> um, the interesting one for on the players side, Jalen Hurts at three. Mm. Um, third best player in the league, according to the players. He, he was probably the MVP of the Super Bowl. Obviously, they lost, so they, they would never award it to him. But his statistics that day and the way he played was probably, he was probably the best player on the field. And if you're essentially the best player in the Super Bowl, you're you're going to be a top five player in the league. 
Did PFF have him in the top 10? No, they didn't. Yeah, well, the didn't thing, so. One of the things that surprised me most about PFF, and it probably backs up the whole running back saga we've had lately about the contracts, is that Nick Chubb is the highest rated running back, but he's rated 37th in the league. Just, PFF have the top running back as the 37th wow. best player in the league. So the, I haven't actually looked so at the, So that, that's a reflection on their rating of the importance of the position as opposed mm. to the skill of the player because there's no way that there are 36 players that are better in their position than Nick Chubb Correct. is at his. I wouldn't have so thought. The, and so Josh Jacobs is 12 yeah. in the play and the player driven. Mm. And then Eckler's 21. So there are a few there. Henry's 25. So Nick Chubb's 29. So they've yeah. got Barkley 31. So they've got five in the top 31. Um, yeah, whereas PFF don't have one until the 37th I mean, ranked player. I mean, so. We have McCaffrey as our number one running back and the players had him 35th. Wow. Well, seventh. So that's seventh, that's, seventh yeah. best running back, yeah. Yeah. 35th overall, I should say, yeah. Interesting. Uh, anything else that jumped out to you there, Doss? I mean, this was, like I said, passionate debate last year. Um, are, are, you, are you comfortable with Trent Williams being third on the PFF list? <laughs> Am I comfortable with <laughs> He's 14th. The players have got him 14th. Uh, am I comfortable with having a offensive lineman as a third best player in the league? M- me, no, okay. because of the impact. Just I, <laughs> nah. <laughs> but when, when, for example, Justin Jefferson's not on there, correct? And you know he's a, and then Joe Burrow is behind him and others, which is just no. Nah, I'm not. I'm not copping that. All right. I don't know. Look, that's we're, just, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna keep it. Um, Micah Parsons in the top year. ten for both. Yeah, and that's well, that's warranted. I think he's. I, I think, think he's a so superstar. too. Micah yeah. Parsons. Zach Prescott. Zach Prescott, fifty six in the player driven voting. Where list. was he in the PFF one? I don't. Was he in the top fifty? Not sure. That's an interesting so. one. That's yeah. about right. Fiftieth. Fiftieth ish. If you've got anything on that list, or uh, if you've got your own list of top tens, or even any any debate points on this, uh, you know. We want to hear your thoughts on it. Send us an email, podcast at Outback QB. Uh, is Jalen Hurts too high, ranked by the players? Is Trent Williams too high? Is Justin Jefferson too low? I think he is. Just the last point, players had Trevor Lawrence 96th. Hmm. Interesting. Really? Below the likes of, say, Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, well, there's a whole bunch. He's obviously below. I'm not going to go through. But Le- yeah, nine, 95. Yeah, I'm no, not doing that. But anyway, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 96th. Fields, and better than Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Couldn't the players. F- I'm big yeah. on Fields, but I'm not sure Weird. about I think I'd rather Lawrence as my starting quarterback. Fields is 86. They must so like him. This is a popularity contest. 10 spots. Uh, Geno Smith, yeah. 77th. Yeah. Above tour. I think they must have submitted their votes at halftime of the playoff game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, back in a sec with the all-injured team of 2023. The all-injured team of 2023. Now, there weren't enough significant players to pad out a whole team and I haven't done a whole defence. I haven't done O and D lines because we haven't got a... You've done the whole special teams uh, set up? (laughs) Not quite. Maybe next year. But these are the players that are out or highly questionable for week one. Um, Very unlikely to play or at least somewhat unlikely to play. Uh, I haven't put Joe Burrow in here because I think he'll be back. But there's there's a clear quarterback starting in the all-injured team in 2023, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's leading the line there. It's a pretty good way to start. I mean, he's done his ACL, but we're pretending they're fit and they're putting them in his team. He's the only real starting quarterback that's injured. So if you're building a fantasy team, Kyler Murray's not a bad place to start. Running backs, Doss, where's JT's ankle at? 
Where's his ankle? Yeah. Is he is he actually going to be ready for week one, regardless of where he ends up? Well, I, look, I think there's some doubt. My spy's in Indianapolis, <laughs> Curtis, and I got I got plenty of contacts in Indy. Do you, do you want me to DM him? <laughs> yeah, go on. Well, we could just reach out. We could on our. I mean, we pretty much should have a blue. We pretty much should have a blue tick by now. Um, look, I I think you'll play week one. Okay. If you're not giving me JT Hawley, can I have Brees Hall? <laughs> you can definitely have Brees Hall. Yeah, because he's is he coming gonna be off an ACL. I'd be surprised if he plays many minutes. All right, I'm one. putting Brees Hall in. Brees Hall's in there, and he's backed. Do you? This is why I'm trying to get someone good. He's backed up by Naheem Hines. There's not much, <laughs> there no, not many much. injured running well, backs. Well, off the that. top of my head, I was trying to think of injured running backs that have been in the news, and I, I really couldn't think of any at all. You know, doing this exercise, I realised there aren't that many seriously <laughs> injured players at the moment, which is great, but it makes this exercise. Well, that's hard. what we want. We don't want injured players. Great. No, I'm not wishing for. It. I'm just saying. Uh, wide receiver room. We've got obviously Tim Patrick. He's our uh, – what what's going on there? Just, oh, touch, just, right, just touching the, the helmet again. Just the Kyle Pitts Florida helmet. I thought this you were trying to tell good. me Pitts was injured. No, I hope not. Uh, well, Tim Patrick, he's done the Achilles. Yes, yeah. He's out for another year. But he he certainly makes the cut. We've got Russell Gage, a recent addition to the injury room. Uh, he's probably – he's going to be my wide receiver three. We've got Traylon Burks. I think I you've got Cooper Cup. Is he not playing week one? Well, he's only just started. He just just returned to practice oh. this week. I think today, actually. Can we count cup? So he'll be he'll be the a game stru- time the, decision. The, the, this hamstring. Right. Yeah, so he could hammy. be a, he could be a late withdrawal from the injury team. <laughs> we'll put it. We'll list him as wide receiver one. We've got Tim Patrick two. I'll have uh, I'll have Traylon Burks as my wide receiver. No, actually, I have Burks as two. Yeah, I Patrick like three. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll put Russell Gage. I'll tell him to get dressed, stand on the sidelines, and if cups are laid out, Gage is in. Happy Sweet. with that? Sounds good to me, mate. And then tight end. Gee, they're a fit squad at the moment. <laughs> I could only find Shane Zilstra from Detroit. Oh, okay. Now we're getting into the weeds. <laughs> so speedy recovery, Shane, but um, congrats. You're on the team by default because <laughs> you're, you're the only Making your debut, big only injured, uh, injured tight end of any note whatsoever and, and not that much note when you really look at the numbers. Defense. There's a few cornerbacks. Corn- Gee, cornerback sounds like quarterback. It does. Say, doesn't it? Yeah. Cornerbacks Marlon Humphrey from Baltimore Star He's mm. got a foot injury Don't think he'll be ready for round one No, uh, he's, been, no he's been already said He's going to be a few weeks into the season So that's a very strong addition to my team And on mm. the other side I know I doubted him before But Jalen Ramsey He still makes the cut He's still going to be a nice addition to my well. team You've got Ramsey and, Ramsey and Humphrey um, Look it was really hard decision though Because also on the injury list Hawley is Eric Stokes <laughs> <laughs> to decide between Eric Stokes and He'll Taylor. have a year this year. For those who don't know, the league and picks the, again. For those who don't know, uh, Hawley picked Eric Stokes in our predictions episode last year to have the most interceptions <laughs> in the league, despite the fact he'd never had one, and then went on to have zero one. again last year. Did yeah, well, how many pick? Who did you guys pick, and how many picks did they have? I, I don't think. Up. I think we had one, one deception off. between the three of us, didn't? Yeah, we? something like. That. <laughs> something like <Yeah. laughs> but yeah, Eric Stokes just didn't make it. Uh, Jamal Adams, he's still out injured for Seattle. He's got a quad issue at the moment. He actually had surgery on the quad not long ago. Um, he's touch and go for week one, but you know he's a he's a big, fierce, uh, scary presence in that in that defense. And Seattle Seattle need that. They're still a competitor this year, Doss. So Jamal hasn't quite gotten yeah, going since he left. Their the defensive Jets. pressure was question marks last year, Curtis. That was probably their one one of their weaknesses. So. They need a healthy D-line D there in uh, Seattle. That's all I could find on safety, but that's a significant one, Jamal Adams. There's one more key component to my team. and like Kicker. Not not, co- not a kicker. There's a linebacker, Doss. There's a linebacker who's out injured with a knee, still recovering. Who's still recovering? Oh, is from it? an AFC East. Uh, oh, Von, is Von Miller still recovering? Von, Von Miller. He's not going to be week one, is he? 
Uh, it's a good question. I don't think so. All right. Well, this is just raising awareness for injured players. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got to be ready for I mean, one, then great. But I've got him in my team at the moment. Uh, he's Look, he's a key ingredient, 33 years old, but this is a team, Doss, as we've discussed, that's on the verge of potentially Super Bowl success and potentially bombing out. If they don't get Von Miller fit or if he doesn't produce in the way they hope he will this year, that seriously diminishes their chances. Oh, he's a 34-year-old, 33, 34-year-old coming off an ACL. I'd be pretty surprised if they can get what they want out of him. Well, what did I say about those bills a few weeks ago, boys? Ah, uh, they're on the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah on the did, decline, yeah. you said it. Yeah. So that's my team. Look, it's a it's a funny segment because I'm hoping that we don't get any players to add to it, but I'm going to keep the squad rolling over the next few. I weeks. like it. You like it? Yeah. You know why I, I like this is because it's also a, a sneaky way to just give an injury update. <laughs> Basically, all this segment is just doing it positionally and trying to fool the listeners into thinking we came up with something and new. And Doss will make an Instagram post with the team lineup. He will. Thanks, Doss. Acts like, <laughs> acts like he doesn't want to do it. <laughs> squad. Uh, when do I need to cut my squad down from eight players to four? <laughs> is that next next Wednesday? All right. That's the Thursday show, boys. We've got a big week or well, a big couple of weeks coming up. Uh, we're going to do our you know, general pre-season takeaways. Once all the games are done, just, just final thoughts heading into the year. Then we're going to preview week one. That's coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. NFC contenders and bottom feeders. We're still yet to go through that. And also... We've got well, Hawley, Hawley has done an NFC. He's done his rankings, his tiers, and it's going to ruffle a few feathers, uh-huh. I think, when we post that up, Curtis. Well, you I'm are looking a forward to it. ruffler, aren't you? I, I don't mind for ruffling a few feathers. Uh, Hawley was right into the NFC making some big decisions a lot of overs a lot of, <laughs> a lot of winners this year combined thousand did, wins did you happen to notice though on the run sheet this week that there was a preview for next week yeah at the did tail like end did you did you definitely catch that ticking over, yeah. a little bit of prep work early prep work does yeah well and, and you would have noticed that next Thursday I've earmarked as Fantasy Island I did see oh, that so uh, that's exciting yeah. Paul, are you going to wrap up the show for yeah, us? Yeah, I mate? am, yep. fellas. Um, I hate my job. All I do is crush cans all day. It's so depressing. <laughs> get it? So depressing because yep. you crush cans? <laughs> yeah, I got it. It's a good one, isn't it? Thanks, fellas. <laughs> all right, that's it. See you later.